Thank you so much for choosing this podcast from CFTN Payson. We are Church for the Nations in Payson, Arizona. We are a Bible-believing church and believe God has a word for you today. You can reach us at www.cftnpayson.com or you can give us a call at 928-444-8791. We hope that you're blessed by the message that you've chosen today. God bless. God ordains times. He ordains seasons. And so when we think about family and we think about our legacy, it's generational. See, there was three generations represented here. We all understand that. And so... Let's just pray right now. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that there's revelation in the home this morning. That there's revelation coming to people. That there's unlocking of destinies. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit is saying this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. The value, I'm going to pick on Robin and Adam this morning because of what they just did. But the value that God holds in their family will determine whether or not those words, those declarations that we write out there, whether those things will progress in Kaylin's life or digress. There's, I want to ask you a question. We're going to take two minutes and we're going to do this. I heard this this morning and it was, I was like, this is what I'm going to do because I want you to understand something. So I want you to really think if you have a pen and paper, write it down. If you don't, that's okay. I want you to think of the, who are the top five people in your life that influence you? I'm talking about friends. You got two minutes. Because I'm going to ask you a question after this. This is going to be a long two minutes. Because <laughs> this goes right along with what I'm saying. So, who are the top five people in your life that influence you? I might knock this down to a minute. How many of you got the first five? Wow, we got some quick thinkers. You got 20 seconds. This is really important. Wow, time can go really slow when you're really... Okay. Of those top five people, how many of you have God in that list? You cheated. You, did you have God? We have three people that have God on their list. Woohoo! Woohoo! He's your friend. He influences you. Okay. How many of you had yourself on that list? And you can't raise your hand. You did? So you missed one, got one. I'm kidding. 
you, you had yourself on it, though? No, it's not. Do you have yourself on your list? Two things. If God's not on your list, how is he highly valued in your life? This, this word came to me. Uh, this has been in me for, for a couple weeks, okay? So you, this is, just, this is just Dina's prep for this morning. If you, have yourself, if you don't have yourself on, on your list, did you know you can influence yourself? Either negative or positive. So if you don't have yourself on that list, do you trust yourself? You'll get that. This goes back to, though, the value that God has in your life. If he's not on the list this morning, put him on the list. I'm going to read Proverbs 14, 26. He who fears the Lord has a strong, everybody say strong, secure fortress. And for his children, it will be a refuge. You see, if we don't have something in our home that's highly, if we don't have God in our home and he's not highly valued, you don't have strength in your home. It says it, I believe it, and I want to preface this, I'm not perfect, okay? So don't throw darts. Because what I'm about to say this morning could be taken many different ways, but I don't, I, I'm not perfect, okay? Everybody know my heart? Okay, so I, I'm going to grow in this as well. But when we, when, he who fears the Lord has a strong, secure fortress for his, and, his, and for it, his, his children will have refuge in that. See, our homes have to be a place of strength. It has to be, a, because when your kids get into trouble, where are they going to run to? If your kids are running to their, fam, to their friends, you need to look at that. It has to be the highest level of protection. Your home, and I'm talking about, we preach this, we're better together. This is a home. This is not a business. This is a home. This is a family. That's what makes us unique. Because I highly believe in you. But I'm going to challenge you, and I'm going to encourage you to move into family thinking versus, well, you know, I like this, but I don't like that. And I like, but uh, that's approaching church as a business. We've preached that in, in weeks past. But our homes need to be a strong fortress. It has to be the greatest level of protect, protection for our families. You're the guardian. You're, Robin and Adam, they're the pastors in their home. I'm not their pastor. I'm not Kaylin's pastor. Ouch. You'll get that later too. Hear my heart when I'm saying that. I'm not saying that I'm not pastoring and that's not my role and that's not what I'm doing. But the reality of it is, is, is your kids need you to be a strong leader. He who fears the Lord builds a secure home. Fear is not like, oh, I'm afraid in the scripture. 
It has nothing to do with that. In fact, the fear of God in this, in this context is a steadfast disposition that takes God serious in every area of your life. If you fear God, it, it, you know, so, that's a big statement. So I replace that with the value God holds. That's the fear of God. You need to fear God in your business, in your relationships, in your friends, in your homes. Because where God is respected, the word of God is valued. Your home needs to be a place where you live what you're speaking. If I'm up here preaching this, and I'm not living it, I'm in trouble. You're responsible for what you say in your life. It's got to come in, into action. It, it, it has to. And I, I fear, this is afraid, I fear that we're not moving in a direction that God wants us to, which is why we have the dysfunction in families, in churches, in businesses, because we don't have the fear of God. The fear of the Lord will create a spiritual protection over your home. Robin and Adam and parents. And you're, some of you are like, well, I don't have kids. What? No, you have spiritual kids. Remember my series, Fathers and Mothers. You see, spiritual fathers and mothers have gotten out of order. They've gotten out of line. Because they've become weary. Because they haven't seen the action. And now I believe God is sending reinforcements from the younger generation. Cleo. Go have her pray for you. Because there's something about this spiritual, it, it, it causes a spiritual security system. You know, Nevin, he installs security systems for a, on the side for a living, whatever. You know, it's going to keep, if you have a spiritual security system in your home, a high value for God, you're going to avoid them home invasions because just as much as we decreed and declared over Robin and Adam and their family and a hedge of protection, and we made a covenant with them to, to stand with them, guess who else is trying to come in? As quickly as they walk out the doors, the enemy will be trying to snatch every destiny, every prophetic word, every destiny spoken into Kaylin's life. So we have to have the spiritual security system. Two believers married don't mean you have a Christian home. It's true. It's true. Well, let's define Christian. To me, a Christian, a believer, is in pursuit of God. Everything you do is pursuing God. Everything. See, when you pursue God... There's an atmosphere that comes around you. There's an atmosphere of love. There's an atmosphere of joy. So I have a question. What are your kids seeing at home? What do you value? Is God valued? When you come into crisis mode, do you sit and say, man, I don't know, I don't know how we're going to do that. Or do they hear you say, by God, we're going to get through this. It's a difference. It's the value. 
that you put on God. Many Christian homes are not, when, when, when Jaden has friends over, I pray that when those kids come in our home, they know there's a difference. They know. Sometimes it's chaotic, though. I will see. This is where I'm just going to get real because I always hesitate to let my kids have <laughs> uh, friends overnight on Saturday because Sunday mornings can be a little, yeah, you know. I'm being real because I don't have this stuff all figured out. But we gotta, we got to start teaching our kids that there's a different way to fighting. There's that Tim and Stephanie's. Um, talked about the strife break when you're arguing it's not easy to hold your hand and say let's pray I'm going to be like oh, you. <laughs> does this make sense like that's the, that's the reaction that's the flesh but when God is highly valued you're like no you know what I'm wrong I, I'm sorry Going to church does not make your home a Christian home. <laughs> Sorry. It, the fear of the Lord will build a strong fortress, and kids will run into it. I'm going to talk to you just a little bit about this. And that's a, a spirit that I believe that is all-out war against our kids. It's all-out war against our families. It's all-out war against the school systems. And, and our kids in the school systems, and that's the humanism belief. I'm telling you, when I look at this, something inside me stirs. Some of you are going to have assignments to go to the school and do prayer walks after hours. If we don't bind this spirit, we're in big trouble. Because we are one generation from going into witchcraft. I'll get to that, but I feel like i got to say this right now. We are one generation from the greatest move of God, but we're one generation from witchcraft. This is why. This is humanism. The basic belief is any faith in God is harmful to mankind. No deity has ever saved us, and we must save ourselves. Man must become his own God. Does this sound like us? You can research this stuff. We See, they believe that they need to remove parental restraint so a child can develop to come its full potential. I'm laying groundwork. Okay, so you gotta, you got to go with me on this. Um, they want to take all the parents' rights. They want the parents to have no rights to teach their children about God. At some point, we better start abdicating what we want. We better take on responsibility for what we want. It isn't going to manifest being quiet. We have become weak in prayer. Somebody asked me a couple weeks ago, and, and, and I was talking with them. I've lived here for, I don't know, a year and a half. And I'm just giving you this example, okay? Don't go get religious. And I'm not condemning any of you for this, okay? So hear my heart. I've lived here a year and a half. And I was talking to these people, this person about prayer. Do you know that I don't think I have seen a family 
or people pray before a meal since I've lived up here maybe, maybe three or four times. Now, don't go get religious and say, hmm, we're going to pray before our meal because we want everybody to see us. That's not the point. It's not the point. But when you see a family eat a meal and they bow their heads to pray, something happens. Wow. You kind of start going, oh. You see what I'm saying? Something very, very small. And, and I'm not saying we do that every time, okay? I'm not. Don't make it religious. Oh, everybody hold your hands. Everybody pray. Okay, pray really loud. I'm not saying that. But when you see families gather together in prayer around a meal, you know that something's valued in their life. Okay. I switched my papers. Our response, we need to create an atmosphere where God is highly valued. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. See, humanistic thinking is blanketing our kids. It's blanketing us. One of the things that they say in the humanistic publication, the battle for the hearts and minds of children is being in the classrooms. The new religion of humanism will win the battle over the rottening corpse of Christianity. And if you don't like Christianity, they're, they're actually saying there, rottening corpse of the pursuit of God. Whoa. Humanis, humani, humanism's basic belief is, it's all about me, I can do anything I want to be. I can do it all. But what do we say here at CFTN? We're better together. So when our kids are encountering kids at school, and see, they're not going to do this like, they're not going to just say, Chris, you got to believe in yourself. They're not going to do that. It's going to be subtle. It's going to happen over time. And then our kids are going to say, yeah, but we're better together. You're going to have to get that revelation that I'm not me without Judy. Judy's not Judy without me. That sounds really whatever, but Michael has himself on his top five friends. Because Michael knows he's understood the value of believing in himself. You need to believe in yourself. I'm going to talk, I'm going to shift gears, but I wanted to put that in here because I'm telling you, it's coming at us. It's coming at us and it's not unity. It's not unity to be, to be by yourself, just doing your thing because you can do it all. It took a Moses to lead God's people out and it's going to take a Joshua to lead them back in, which brings me to the generations. We're going to be a spiritual organism, not a spiritual organization. We're going to develop. We're going to grow. 
We're going to see signs and wonders. We're going to see miracles. If you're ashamed of what God will do, you will snatch the very breath of God out of your home, out of your church, out of your work. We have to give God place in our homes. You see, I want to use this as a little example. Are your kids seeing it? If you come to me and you go, or you go to someone and you say, do you praise God? And the answer is, yeah. Yeah, I praise God. Do you believe me? That does, that's not very believable, sorry. Tim, do you praise God? Okay, that was easy. Let me go to somebody else. Judy, do you praise God? Do you see? It's, it's the atmosphere that you're building around yourself. When God is highly valued, praise will just be part of who you are. Yeah. Rick yesterday, and let me tell you, you don't have to walk around the community. It's, it's called um, covertly. You don't have to walk around the community going, I praise Jesus. You don't have to do that. You want me to give you another example? Boy, I should have Rick come up and do this. Rick, you just tell him really quick what you said yesterday about snow cones, cotton candy coming, everything's free. Do you hear the praise in that? Is this making sense? We could just do this. Hey, guys, you want some snow cones? Awesome. We hope you have a great day. Or we can say, snow cones, cotton candy, all for free. Uh, it, what just came to my mind was also like this painting or this picture of Jesus here. Uh, we need to be infectious. What, what, uh, what Dina's saying is that the way we respond to those questions, the way we respond to people, the way we respond to life, we're infectious. We become someone that someone wants to be around. So this doesn't just have to be you. I encountered this at the mixer. I was at the chamber mixer on Friday night. And, and keep, keep this in mind, we're talking about generations. Because I'm looking for the spiritual fathers and mothers to rise up in this hour. So I'm at this mixer, and I'm kind of going, man, I don't really know why we're here, because I'm, we're very involved in the community, and every time we go in, we're very excited about what, what we encounter. And I was just standing there. They had me selling, don't judge, they had me selling the 50-50 raffle tickets, and I raised a couple hundred dollars. I didn't win. Um, but, you know, sometimes you have to play to win. Um, <laughs> but I'm standing there, and I encounter this man who, if I said your, his name, you would all probably know him. He's very influential in the community. And I encountered him telling the Chris, who runs the chamber, I'll tell you his name. I encountered him telling Chris, man, I am so proud of you. 
I am so proud. This is so awesome. Like, this is double of what last year was. What was he doing in that moment? Fathering, honoring. And let me tell you, I'm not sure they have this revelation. No judgment. But see, the seed is in them. It just needs to be watered. That same individual came to me later on in the evening and he said, you know, why don't you become part of our organization? And I looked at him and I said, I pointed to our booth and I said, because I'm part of that and that takes a lot of my time. I have no more time really to give. But I said, if you let me know what's going on, maybe we can come alongside and help. Yeah, he said, you know, you're right. We're, we could do it together. And I looked at him and I said, that's right, because we're better together. And he celebrated me right then and there. He didn't need to do that. But that is a father for the kingdom in the making. He just doesn't understand it yet. Because I'm watching this. This is a consistent thing that I'm seeing him do. Proverbs 24, 3 to 4. If you're taking notes, write this down. I'm going to go through this fairly quickly. But I feel like we're going to revisit this in weeks to come because there's so much more than what I can say to you this morning. Proverbs 24, 3 to 4. Through wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Is a house built. Everybody say built. And by understanding. Everybody say understanding. It is established. Everybody say established. And by knowledge. Everybody say by knowledge. Shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches? I'm going to unpack this for you. A house begins in wisdom. Thank you. And, and it's built. We just read that. Two, then understanding is added, and understanding establishes a house. Are you seeing the generations? Three, Knowledge comes, and the house is filled with the precious riches of God. I'm ready for Psalms 145.4. One generation shall praise your works to another and declare your mighty acts. I, that, let me tell you something. I want to erase some, some mindsets in here. That is not about Gigi celebrating Kaylin. It, 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 it is. But wait till Kay Lynn starts telling Gigi, Grandma, guess what? Gigi, Grandma, guess what I did in school today? And she can, that's right. And she, she, and, and, and she can tell you of the awesome things she's telling her friends. Are you ready for that? I'm not ready just to tell my kids, hey, God's so awesome. He did this. He healed that. He transformed that. I'm ready for them to start talking to me. That's what that scripture says. Generations. <laughs> so here we go. If you're taking notes, take this. The first generation comes to God in revelation wisdom and they build. The second generation, they establish. They saw that first generation, you saw your parents, you saw someone, and, and you got understanding. And you began to establish. The third generation filled the house with all the things God is doing. But only if 
God is highly valued in your home. Because we can all look at that. Revelation, understanding, relationship. We can look at these generations and we know something's off in all of our families. Somewhere the generations are not getting this this through thing. In fact, we see more curses than we see blessings at times. But I have good news. God's going to reverse it if we will highly value, value God. So, progression. Should a progression of God's revelation in the home happen, the first generation is going to be birthed in revelation. My parents, and as I thought about this, I thought, man, how am I going to do this? My parents maybe had the revelation of being born again and a foundation on the word. But they do, they do not know the things I know. Okay? And some of you can relate with this. The first generation is birthed in revelation. It's something revealed. It's something you couldn't see before. They receive God's wisdom. It's imparted. Revelation commands participation. If you get a revelation, you're going to have to act on it. You can't just say it. You can't just speak it. You've got to put it into action. Remember several months ago, I said, it's easy to hear the word. It's another whole ballgame to walk out and do it. It is. It's not easy. So the second generation, they begin to, they, they, they take this in. And this is all on progression. Progression says, if they have, if they go progression, it's revelation to righteousness. If they digress, it goes from revelation to religion. I'm going to keep building, so just stay with me. The third generation, if the second generation keeps moving forward, highly valuing God in their home, it goes from revelation to righteousness to relationship. If digression happens, it's revelation, religion to rebellion. Yikes. And I don't, I want you to know you have personal responsibility on if you find yourself in the second or third generation and you're rebellion, you're rebelling. You want me to keep going? I got a little bit more. <laughs> Exodus 34, 7 says, Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and the fourth generation. See, blessing and cursing will travel through generations. If you're struggling with something, if you're bent towards um, alcohol, if you're bent towards addiction, if you're bent towards unhealthy relationships, you're going to have to go, you're going to have to stand and say, that's it with me. I'm going back to revelation of who I am in Jesus. And my kids are now going to walk in righteousness and they're going to build. And then their kids, they're going to walk in relationship. And I'm here to decree and declare to you that I think some of us are going to be accelerated in this. Because I got a revelation several years ago that accelerated me. I, I didn't ask for it. I just said yes to Jesus. That's all I did. 
and he brought me to righteousness. And he said, okay, you're going to build something. And now you're going to understand something. And now you're going to have relationship. And I said, I don't even understand this. I can honestly say, we're going to need to revisit this. Because there's so much. The first generation, when God is highly valued, is birthed in revelation, and they live in the fear of the Lord. They become worshipers. Listen, I grew up, I was in religion. Bless, I honor my mom and dad, okay? I had a great foundation of the word, and I had an amazing, the reason I probably get relationships so well is because of my upbringing. I was trying to think as far back as I can think in my, in my, in my family, there's not one ounce of divorce in my family. That is not condemnation, but they had a revelation of relationships. All right. So the first generation, if they get this, they're worshipers. If the second generation progresses, they become workers. And they're going to establish the kingdom. Which I believe is part of our testimony. Our acceleration. We got a revelation. And we immediately started building and establishing within our home. And then God said, here, have this assignment. Have this assignment. If you don't know why you're not getting assignments, just start working for the kingdom. And assignments will come to you. You're going to build the kingdom. You're going to build the seven mountains of influence. It's how this works. If they become, if, when the first generation has this knowledge, the second generation puts it into action. This is the acceleration. I believe I got knowledge and then I got the know-how to, to move forward and put it into action. Listen, we don't make booths like that. We've never done that before. You, some of you, I don't know, you may have. We've never done that. We've never built a float And we're going to build a big boat. A big boat. If they digress, instead of workers, they become watchers. Let's see what God's going to do. And they just kind of stand. They go to church, but they're just watchers. It kills honor. It kills anointing. It kills everything. I'm not being hard. If they just watch, they never press into worshiping. They never get involved in serving. And they just say, well, you know, I hope God does something for me. The third generation, if it continues to digress, remember, they go from religion to rebellion. 1 Samuel 15, 23 says, For rebellion is the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is iniquity and idolatry. If they digress, they become witches. Are you calling me a witch? No. But witchcraft is rebellion. I'll talk to you this from a personal standpoint. Nevin and I, 
were in full-out rebellion when we were first married. Why? Because our, probably our great-great-grandparents had revelation of salvation. And the mommy and daddy somewhere missed it. And they got stuck in religion. And at that point, we had, this is not apart from personal responsibility. And at some point, we had to say, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to pursue God. I'm not, who, who I was 20 years ago is not who I am today. I can promise you. In fact, when I go home, I've lived in Arizona since 1996. When I go home, most of my friends don't even know what to do with me. You pastor a church? What are they thinking? So, so one thing that she just said about when we first got married, we were in rebellion, but we've tried really hard to fit back into religion. And we thought we knew the roadmap to being righteous was doing this and doing that. And we wore probably every hat in that church, and we did everything thinking that was going to get us there. But I was right at the cusp of going into rebellion and losing it all again. Because I remember one Sunday, like I said, I did it all. So I was changing slides for worship, and I looked over our small little congregation, and that, well, there was like 40 people there, and, and I was the youngest one there. And, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm 30, 33 years old. I believe this way my entire life. Now, if this is all there is to Christianity, then I don't want anything to do with it. Now, when you start thinking that way, looking back now, when you start thinking that way, you were on the edge. You had a teeter there. You were at a point where you could go either way. And bless God, he, he, I had my road to Damascus moment, and I switched gears. But it's like Pastor Dean was saying, you have the opportunity to be, you're the person, you're the catalyst to make that shift. Those generations, while you maybe don't know where, maybe you can't see back where the revelation was. Maybe you don't even come from, maybe your family, you don't know where the revelation came. Today is the day that you can declare yourself to receive new revelation from God. That's right. To move forward. That's right. So I don't want to freak you out with witches with witchcraft, but really that's just a fancy word for saying rebellion. See, it's Satan's way of imposing his will on your will. Humanism really fits into that. See, he, he imposes your emotions, your behaviors, your circumstances, your atmosphere, what you carry. See, Paul said, foolish Galatians, who, have, who has bewitched you? See, in the church, we don't like to talk about this stuff, but it's a reality. It's real. So when the flow isn't there, when things are cut off, you got to ask why. Who's highly valued here? If you highly value me, I'm sorry, but mm. stop highly valuing the people who, has, who maybe has, God has brought in to, to lead your church and start highly valuing him. You'll view me much differently. See, we're to regard no one by the flesh. Because I can look at James Victoria and I can say, well, you got this going on. You got, oh, well, bless your soul. Or I can see them by the Spirit and I can say, wow, what a kingdom couple with spiritual sons and spiritual daughters coming to you. 
See, they're going to be drawn to this in you. If you're high, we ask, well, what's, yesterday, one of the, one, another testimony was one of the ladies running the chamber, running the, the, sh- the business showcase, says, my daughter came up to me and said, mom, did you see that church back there? Why don't we go there? As far as I know, they don't know, go anywhere. I don't care. The point is, is what is that? What was that man sitting across the aisle from us? What was he perceiving? Christ in us. What's this lady? I mean, I thought about that. I said, well, why did she come to you? Like, she had to walk from the entrance all the way through almost the whole business showcase. Why you? Because it's the favor, it's the faith, it's the God in you that people will be drawn to you. Okay, so when rebellion, I'm not going to say which, because I kind of can feel this. Woo-hoo. When rebellion blows in a room, it brings confusion. If you have confusion in your home, you are in rebellion. Get it out. This is, this is just merely saying, I repent, and now I'm seeking you for revelation. See, when, when, when rebellion is, is evident... Dishonor floods the atmosphere. See, I will always honor my parents. Because if I dishonor my parents, I can't honor God. If you've been a watcher, it's time to repent. Say, God, I want your revelation of who I am. You need to reestablish and ignite your worship. Take responsibility. Your kids need this. Your, maybe your grandparents need this. Wow, I can't believe God would do that for them. They, because they begin to see the power. They begin to see the fruitfulness. They begin to see the transformation. If you want to secure a spiritual future for your kids, then you must highly value God. See, that's what I said earlier. We're one generation from rebellion. But we're one generation from the move of God. And I think that that's what we're all here for. We want to see the little Kaylins, the Cleos, to grow up. Because you know what? We're running generation from them being where I am. What are they going to preach to you? What are they going to teach to you? I'm going to tell you what's coming out of your mouth. I am sorry. I just sometimes don't beat around the bush. But they're going to, you know, the Bible talks strongly about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There was a progression in that. And yet those guys, they had some faults, right? But the problem of it is, is each generation is going to serve the God that you're serving. And if he's a powerless God, if he's a God of religion, that's what they're going to get stuck in. Unless God has a Damascus Road experience for them. Which I'm proof that that can happen. See, we have an obligation. I want to see our kids praying. I want to see our kids prophesying. I want to see the flow of God in our houses, in our homes, in our churches. Because the battles we fight today are for them. It's not for you. See, stop thinking about yourself. Get out of your head. Because the battles you fight today are for them.
And I'm here to say to you that I actually believe the battles you fight today could be for an older generation that has become weary. It's time to propagate the presence of the Holy Spirit in our homes. Your kids need to see that God is so highly valued in your home and he will bring you through anything. Really quick. They need to see that your relationship is built on faith, not just intellect. It's not just about lip service. We've been in lip service. I've, I've seen lip service for 37 years. I'm ready for some action. I'm ready for free snow cones and free, and free cotton candy that has a blessing behind it. See, every, God can use everything, everything he can use. Because the fear of the Lord will release your faith. Faith releases favor, and favor produces relationship. So this morning, make this place. She gave that to Nevin. I said, that's going to fit in tomorrow. I just don't know how, and I just got, I just know. Why us? Why, why did she walk through that whole business showcase and give it to us? Because it's a prophetic sign to this body, to this family. That people are, go back to our text, that people who fear God, who highly value God in their life, this is not outside the home, this is corporately, has a strong fortress. I believe that she said, wow, there's something in them. And your children will have refuge in it. Listen, we need to be a place of refuge for Payson. There were kids that broke my heart yesterday. There were kids that when they would take the snow cone, they would not look at me in the eye. And the Holy Spirit would be like abuse. And I wanted to touch them. Because usually when a kid won't make eye contact with you, they don't know who they are. It breaks my heart. Come on, church. It needs to move us. And if God is highly valued in this place, even though we've been doing this a year and a half, just look around and see the transformation that's happening in our lives. Don't despise small beginnings because they're going to see you as a strong fortress and they're going to run to you. See, Jesus' life, when you study Jesus' life, he didn't go out and he didn't try to, to, hey, you need prayer today? Hey, you need prayer. They were drawn to him. They were drawn to the spirit in him. And I believe we're coming into a season where you're going to walk away from conversations. You're going to go, well, why did they talk to me? This gentleman that talked to me at the mixer Friday night, why are you talking to me? You've got all these people. What is that? It's because they're drawn to the favor of God in your life. That is not pride. Get out of false humility about this. Because when we see the generations align, I preached on this about two months ago. Acts 2 says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on what? All flesh. Your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Your old men are going to dream dreams. Your young men are going to have visions. And that's when we're going to see the fullness of God. It's not just about the older generation getting all the goods. 
The goods are coming to the younger generation. But we've got to highly value God in our life, in our homes, and in our church. I'm going to close. Tim, can you? Listen, I hope this isn't a hard message. It's not. Are you a, are you a worshiper? I'm sorry. Are you a worker or are you a watcher? Are you moving from revelation to righteousness to relationship? Or are you digressing? Revelation, religion, to rebellion. We see a lot of stuff going on in our world today, people. And you have an opportunity to say it's going to, the buck stops with me. I'm going to get revelation. I'm going to build. I'm going to establish. And I'm going to have relationship. Can you commit to that? Are you ready for that? And, and here's the deal. I could go on about this. You know, Nevin and I were just talking about this all week. I said, you know, what about them generations that, you know, listen, this is not set aside from personal responsibility. Train up a child in the way he should go, and he won't depart from it. Some of you have grandkids. Some of you have great-grandkids. Some of you have children. They have personal responsibility. And you need to give them over to Jesus. But let me tell you, there's no greater testimony in their life but you. Because they're saying to you, who do you highly value? Or do they just see the roller coaster? Or do they see a pursuit of God that nothing's touching them? I love to see the kids. You know, the devil, as I was preparing for this, the enemy really made me mad. You know, I think it's 19 years. I, I don't know. It's been a while. My mom was killed in a car accident. I have to wonder, generationally, what she would say about me today. This message hit me hard. Really hard. Because I feel she would, she would support me. I've had dreams and I've had visions where she's actually prepaid airline tickets for me to go. So I believe she's working for me, not against me. But she didn't have this revelation. I often wonder, you know, I, I want that to stop with me. I don't want to be a watcher. I hope you all view me as a worshiper, as a worker. That wasn't in the notes. <laughs> I wasn't going to share that, but I have to really be real with you because some of you are looking and going, man, you're kind of being tough. I'm not being tough. I'm being real. And I have to say, in, in Nebraska, we say the buck stops with me. Ain't going any further. Because I'm going from revelation and I'm praying for the acceleration that I get all three in my lifetime. I don't have to wait to see my great-grandparent or my great-grandkids. She never did. She never saw what I saw. So stand up with me.
just really quick, just remember that this is an instantaneous thing. There's no time in the spirit. You literally just have to say, today's the day. Boom. It's done. Yeah. And so, Father, I'm just going to make some declarations over you. And then if there's anyone here that says, you know what, I'm coming into an agreement with that. I'm not a watcher. I'm going to go back to the rest. Some of you even just need to go back to the revelation. I need this just a second. I'm just going to decree and declare to you that you hold the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit from within. That the Holy Spirit and that God is highly valued in your home. That you're going to have dreams. You're going to have visions. You're going to have be a house of prayer. You're going to be a house of worship. There's an empowerment this morning to truly repent. Because this touches all of us somewhere in our generational line. We must be worshipers. He's worthy of it. We need to change and establish the atmosphere around us. Father God, we ask for a power encounter this morning. That you're giving us new and fresh revelation that will, that will command participation. My mouth will speak love and not fear, positive and not negative, and that we will be a generation that comes together, old, middle-aged, young, and we will see the goodness, and we will see the house full of your riches and your mercy to us, God. We're aligning. I honor the older generation this morning. I honor my age. I honor the young. We bless each generation. And if you're here this morning and you say, well, you know, I've been a watcher or maybe you've been in, in rebellion or maybe you feel like you've got religion. There's no condemnation because I had to do, I had to look at myself and say, God, keep accelerating me so I don't get stuck. I don't want to be stuck. So I want you as, as a declaration if you want prayer, we're going to pray for you. Adam and Robin, keep going. Like we couldn't have planned this any better. It was the Holy Spirit. Because there's a generational alignment coming in your family. And if you will highly favor God, and you, uh, you will highly value God in your home, you'll change the kingdom. She's the keeper of the keys of the kingdom. So if you are here this morning, and you say, you know what? I'm not going to be a watcher anymore. I'm going to be a worker. I want to establish some things in my day. Listen, this has no age limit on it. Has no age limit. As a declaration to say, I'm, I, the, the buck stops here. I'm a generation that's on fire for Jesus. You just, just, just come forward. Just take a step. Do what you got to do in, 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 in however you got to do it. And say, God, I'm not a watcher. I'm a worker. I'm an establisher of your kingdom. And maybe you need to do that for a child. Maybe you need to do that for a grandchild and say, God, I'm believing for the revelation to come on my, on my spouse. We're talking about marriages as well. I didn't mention that. But we're talking. It's the full spectrum of this. And maybe you need to step in for your spouse, for your child, for your grandchild, whatever you are, and say, I'm believing in the revelation of Jesus to come into their life. We'll pray for you.
will decree because this is, we are better together. Thank you so much for choosing this podcast from CFTN Payson. We are Church for the Nations in Payson, Arizona. We are a Bible-believing church and believe God has a word for you today. You can reach us at www.cftnpayson.com or you can give us a call at 928-444-8791. God bless you.